Listener Production. Hello and welcome to Willow Talk. Adam Peacock here with Elisa Healy, El Capitan. Welcome back to the studio once again. Great to be back. Good to talk about. And Callum Ferguson, who is stepping in for a sick Brad Hatton. Thanks for having me, Hats guys. That's an upgrade again. Ferg, how are you? Yeah, really well. Really well. <laughs> he is crook, actually, Hads. He'll be right, though. He was supposed to come yeah. and hit me balls at training and he wasn't was there, oh, so maybe on, he is Hads. finally. Maybe he is actually sick. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully he'll be back later in the week, but if not, we'll get a better guest in again, so that's all good. <laughs> um, we're going to have a look at Australia's men's one-day series against the Windies here from one of Australia's four recent debutants, Lance Morris, uh, Wild Thing, or actually... His nickname is a little different to Wild Thing, but we'll get to that in the chat. Uh, we'll get the lowdown on Australians, Australia's women's team success over South Africa. It's an absolute pummeling on the, the weekend. Job. Ferg, weren't you happy? You I could get there. home to put the kids in bed. I was. Yeah, I was. I drove <laughs> in the driveway before 7 p.m. Incredible. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and we're going to finish with our risers and fallers. And I reckon looking at the rundown that producer Sam's put together, that is the biggest list of risers and fallers we've had <laughs> as well, including a a plug for another podcast so you know you're going well when the network is asking you to plug other podcasts that have nothing to do with cricket <laughs> but until then we're going to talk nothing but cricket and uh, before we get into the show thanks to those who have got in contact with us since uh, we uh, last spoke we had dozens of people send us the link of the footage of Sean Tate bowling to Hads that story <laughs> that he told about him falling flat in his face brilliant it's fair to say that our dear friend Hads put a little bit of mayo no. and mustard and really? about every other condiment thought? you could Who find no way. on that story. <laughs> Don't believe it. And we're going to shirt front him when we see him next. <laughs> about it. Uh, now, if you want to reach us, flick us a DM on Instagram or TikTok and find us by searching Willow Talk Podcast or hit the link in the episode notes. But we're going to start with Australia Windies. Australia win the series. We head to Canberra on uh, Tuesday, which is the day that you're listening to this, hopefully for the third game in Canberra, smash up at the MCG and a belting at the SCG. Guys, what have we taken from these two games so far? It's depth in Australian cricket. That's that's <laughs> yes. probably the best way that I look at it. I mean, yes, the Windies are, are fighting hard, but I think the, the most impressive thing is we've got some young cricketers coming through that are finally getting an opportunity and fitting in at international level, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool to see Matt Short batting in the middle order and actually making a really good fist of it and looking the part it's not always easy coming into international mm. cricket when you've spent most of your time in the top order recently to come in against quality spin and get going from ball one. And I thought the partnership, that the, well, the couple of partnerships he was able to be involved in with Green and, and then Abbott a bit later on, I thought they were fantastic and showed that he's got the game to actually set up a launch late in the innings because we found ourselves in a bit of trouble. But um, the West Indies went in without the leggy, which uh. hurt them enormously Whilst once they that, had us five for less than 100. That mm. was one of the weirdest selections I've ever seen. He must have had a little niggle or something. It wasn't feeling 100%. Yeah. Other than that, you oh. can't work it out because it's old school SCG wicket, mm. isn't it? It's yeah, turning. It Everyone knows that it's turning. It was dry. The curator had a good inclination, having prepared it, spoke to everyone that was willing to talk to him that it was going to turn and they've gone without the leggy who had shown some great signs and actually been – um, a big wicket taker over in the Caribbean against the Australians a, a few years ago now. He's the one guy that's actually gotten on top of the, the Australian batting order at some stage in recent history and they went in without him. Mm. It was incredible. Good for Sean Abbott, the SCG game. Home deck, SCG, he's done it for sixes time and time again. But for the all-round performance, taking wickets, uh, top scoring as well. He seems like a guy, and you guys could tell me more about how he's felt about in Australian cricket, but it seems like a guy where everyone watching that would have been happy for him, overjoyed almost for him that he he gets the plaudits and a man of the match award. Oh, 100%. I mean, it couldn't have been set up any better for him. I mean, playing mm. at the SCG and doing that. But oh, what I love the most was just watching the game was he's standing on the drive next to, you know, some debutants, some young bowlers, and he's like helping him out. Like this is, this is a length you want to be bowling here at the SCG. He was chatting to them the whole time, and I love that. Still from someone young in their international career, but it's been around a long time, sort of helping out the younger players. And mm. that's exactly how you keep um, that depth going. So, yeah, really happy for him. He is one of those cricketers that everybody wants to see do well. Um, mm. You know, he's had uh, he's had an interesting career so far, but, yeah, nice to see him just digging in. I think with the bat more impressively, we can know what he can do with the ball. With the quicks for that SCG game, so Hazelwood came back in, late inclusion, 
Did they call the three of them and, and Hoff was the only one who answered his phone? Like Paddy and Mitch could be found? I did um, ask Mitch that. I was like, oh, Josh is playing. And I know um, Mitch was saying that Josh was thinking about having a couple of the white ball games anyway because yeah. he's not playing IPL. And I was like, Mitch, you didn't want to play? I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have the choice. Straight down the barrel, that was it. No thanks. Nah. So good on him. I mean, mm. no, I mean, he's available to play. He doesn't have as hectic a schedule as some of the others with Bub coming along. So, I mean, if you get an opportunity and you want to play some white ball cricket, why not? The key Absolutely. is for me, though, Ferg, is that you've got someone like Josh Hazelwood to come in and Lance Morris is sitting that one out, mm. and Xavier Bartlett as well. He was yeah. arrested because he had stress factors uh, earlier in the summer or recovering from. It's like, okay, Josh Hazelwood knows SCG pretty well. This is how you deal with it at international level. Steve yeah. Smith, you don't bring in four or five new guys and go, do your best, and there's not much experience <laughs> yeah. around it. That's, That's right. a perfect blend. It really was. And, and I loved, actually, you talked about the innings that Sean Abbott played, and that's not really a flash in the pan, but probably more he got the opportunity for, to bat longer mm. than what he usually does. And the leadership he showed, you could see the conversations happening out in the middle with Will Sutherland, who is mm. a leader in his own right within the domestic scene in Australia. But to see him able to guide a young player into the contest, into the game, that was his first, you know, stepping out onto the field for the first time at international level, to see that partnership blossom and and it was it would have been a really nice way for Will Sutherland to get into international cricket. And then mm. Sean Abbott showed what he can do. So uh, the leadership opportunity for Sean Abbott's a huge one because he actually led the attack mm. down at the MCG and he talked about it with us post-game, how it was such a – he sort of – someone mentioned it to him, you're going to be leading this attack. And he was like, actually, you're right. I hadn't really thought about it. <laughs> all of Everyone, a sudden you're old. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden he's <laughs> out in front charging in the bowl, <laughs> leading the attack. <laughs> and you're yeah. right. You start to feel a bit older than what you probably well, are. It, it's a bit like when you, your kid starts high school, you go – the frig did that happen? All of a sudden, I've got <laughs> yeah. to be extra responsible. I'm not going to be telling these people what to do in life. That's it. I'm not even ready to do that myself, to myself in the mirror. You're Weird. telling me that when uh, Megan Rach retired and I oh. realised I was the oldest player in the team and that hit me like, they <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, there. And I was like, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have to be the responsible one now. Oh, yeah. I remember organising no my first birthday for, for my daughter and I was like, hang on a second, this isn't right. <laughs> this can't be right. <laughs> I've yeah. got to actually grow up. <laughs> um, the debutants that we've seen so far from an Australian perspective in this series, Xavier Bartlett, bowl like freaking Terry Alderman. Oh, in his heyday at the MCG, but then gets rested. And I mentioned it was, and we've spoken about this, I think it was last week, about when the, what do they call them now, the SSM? Triple yeah, SM. that's it, Triple SM. Triple SM, whatever it is. They get involved and say, oh, he's redlining or she's redlining. No, can't play. Mm. Are we in the new age where we're not thinking, oh, that's a joke, wouldn't happen in my day? <laughs> or is there still a little bit of that because he performed so well, you would have loved to see him play at the SCG on that deck? Well, it's an interesting one, right? I think, like, I look at it and go, if there was more management around someone like Pat Cummins earlier, mm. would we, would he have had a longer, like... Six years off playing a test match. Yeah, oh, yeah. Would, he, would he have been going a lot longer? But then on the flip side of that, I also feel like I was born in the wrong era and I sometimes agree that, you know, we rest people unnecessarily. So I'm sitting on the fence a little bit. Okay. I get both sides. But I think if he's Company coming off the, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, splinters. Um, if he's coming off a significant issue yeah. injury like that, I completely get it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is a shame because he did really well, and then he's his first crack at international yep. level. You kind of want to keep going, right? I hope the decision was made by the right people. If that makes sense. I sit the other side. Um, oh, old school. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry, oh, I, I, I sit new age on one side of it. New yeah. age because. I look at it and I'm a batter, so it's probably a little bit yeah. different. We're not going to get arrested too often. About. What, are we, yeah. what are we on about? <laughs> but I, I like the idea of trying to have each bowler out there really pushing up towards 100% fitness, ready to run in and bowl fresh as a daisy as often as possible. And if that means rotation, then I think it keeps the Australian team bowling unit at its near optimum best mm. more often. So mm. I, I go that way from a competitive point of view. What gives us the best chance to win more games of cricket and I view it that way. I'm I'm probably someone who saw a bit of the old school at the start of my career and now seen the back end and I've seen the benefits of of what it can do. But also you look at it from a, and I've said depth like four times already in this show yeah. and it's like mm. the first five minutes, but then you look at it from that perspective because let's say we're rolling out our best 11 every time. None of these guys are getting a go yeah. unless there's an injury. So 
from that perspective, it's actually good to see new people inside getting an opportunity. And even though Xavier just got in there, it mm. then gives an opportunity to someone like Will Sutherland to come mm. in and experience international cricket too. And what that's going to do for Australian cricket moving forward is going to do it wonders. Down the line. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, we'll see what happens over in New Zealand. I think I'll – did I get you to – Jump one side there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think oh, you came across. Yeah, yeah good. I like <laughs> it. Got there in keep the everyone discussion. Happy. Yeah, I'm still it. involved. I've got to keep everyone happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well said. <laughs> hey, that's what being a captain is. Uh, Lance Morris um, at the MCG didn't quite click for him. I got the feeling he was – the effort was maybe too much, as in trying to make things happen rather than them just organically happening. Now, it's easy to say because who's to say that Xavier Bartlett wasn't over-trying and they just came mm. off. Yeah. But it looked like that with Lance and he, he got a good view of it from the sideline on uh, on Sunday and we'll see if he plays in Canberra. Yeah, it's an interesting one because I looked at it a little bit differently. I thought up front he was offering the perfect balance for the attack. I thought Xavier Bartlett was the – he was bowling at good pace but he was operating high 130s, maybe touching 140, while Lance was in the mid-140s. And when you've got that balance, quite often the, the openers are, are going, oh, I need to just get in line with this guy. He's bowling quick. Mm. And then they might see someone bowling off that top speed at, you know, high 130s. We've got to attack this guy. And it worked out perfectly because Bartlett got it in great areas, moved it off the straight considerably early on and caused all sorts of damage because they were attacking him quite fiercely because they were potentially worried about the pace at the other end. Hmm. We've seen it all through Australian history where we've had high-quality swing bowlers mixed in with some high pace. And certainly I think Brett Lee did that for a long time for our for our quicks who were more skill-based at the other end. And hmm. it, that balance works really well and, and I think that – Morris had a really positive impact, particularly in his first spell. I think maybe he just got a bit um, bit off track later on, but early on it was good. We'll hear from uh, Lance in a moment. Will Sutherland, best player in his family? Probably not, eh? Not <laughs> well, yet. He's his last one to debut, isn't he? So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I think he said he's not. I, I may yeah. be misquoted there, but I feel like he's come out and said that he's not. But Belzy's bloody good. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, she is. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, he's got a bit to beat. The backyard cricket must have been elite. Oh, yeah, imagine that. James sending him down when <laughs> yeah, they were little. That's right. Seriously. Fantastic. And good to see him take a grab that using his old skills from footy yeah. as good well. Good dukes, weren't they? Big buckets. Yeah. Jake Fraser Berserk. So <laughs> five right balls, too. 10 runs, that six just. Set it alight and it felt like the, the air went out of the room big style when he got out. It was like, oh, we just needed 45 minutes of that because it was so much fun to watch. So there's a little teaser about what he can do. What next? Because mm. it's not easy to debut, but it's harder to back it up and match a reputation. So he's obviously got a big reputation within Australian cricket circles. Where does it go next 12 months? Well, I think that's for him to work out. I mean, clearly – when you're picking somebody like that in a one-day squad, you're literally saying to him, we don't want you to change what you're doing. Mm, Go out there mm. and bat the way you do. And that's the way he bats. It's going to come off or it's not going to come off, right? Yeah. So I don't know what's next over the next 12 months, what sort of teams that he'll be in. But if they continue to give him opportunities, then he'll work out in his own mind what, what works well for him in, in international cricket, I think. He just needs a stack of games, does he not, Ferg? And it doesn't really matter if it's in Australian colours or even if it's – Second 11 stuff. He just yeah. needs a stack of games and time to, to work it all out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's really now worked out what is his best way going forward. And also, I think the Australian selectors realise that Glenn Maxwell's not going to be around forever. Ever. We're going to need an X Factor at some point who can bat all the way through the top six, which is Glenn never really got to the top of the order too often, yeah. but Fraser McGurk has. And yeah. he's now potentially a one to six, seven type operator, which is highly valuable if they can get it right for him, get him plenty of game time, like you said, which is spot on. We haven't had too many guys come in and break a record like the fastest uh, one-day domestic 100. In with, list day in, cricket in list stop. Ever, <laughs> ever. A.B. De Villiers held the record and this young yeah. early 20s top order redback renegade has done it mm. and I think the selectors have done the right thing and brought him in early. Do you think, though, then maybe they could – mix the order around a little bit. Like, could would there be potential for maybe Matt Short to come up and then Fraser McGurk to roll down? Like, would that be the way that they might look at it moving forward? Or would they just go, look, you're going to open the batting, we're going to stick with you for however many games it might be? Will they go that way? Or could they just roll him through the middle? 
My gut feel is they'll give him a crack in one position for a period of time and then yeah. maybe look to give him an opportunity in another spot in the order as well. Because that ability to hit 360 with that sort of power is is unique yeah. and it's su such an asset to any side. So I was surprised he went to the top straight away. Mm. I thought they might have gone short up there. Mm. But now that they have, I'd like to see him up there and, and with a few opportunities and then give him an opportunity back down a bit later on. What an asset. Jeez, if he gets going. Well, I mean, because we've got David Warner floating around still in T20 cricket, right? Mm. So, like, talking about the World Cup. Mm, yeah. There's this young kid sitting there waiting that would be perfect for that sort of opportunity. So I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah. Exactly. And Matt Short, look, our dear friend Hads was saying that he, he gets the feeling that Matt Short is like for like for Glenn Maxwell. Yeah, so right. That's that's his set. Well, that was – I, mean, and I think I mentioned earlier, it, it was great to see Shorty come in in the middle order and mm -hmm. start against some quality spin. Moti was bowling really nicely and he was mm -hmm. able to get a start, keep it ticking over, go at nearly a run a ball without looking in too much trouble at all. So Unlike that's a good sign. Oh, goodness me. Dink him. Looked like me. Battered, battered them into a hole. Don't be too harsh on yourself. But averaging 50 in international cricket. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wasn't yesterday, let me tell you. He had a. Oh, he was striking at 50. He was having yeah. A, yeah, that's right. Almighty battle with the, his own technique and things like that. The poor mm. guy couldn't. Anyway, hopefully it sorts itself out on a uh, truer deck at Marnica. <laughs> Just on Jake as well. And I asked you this off air yesterday. How in God's name is he playing for South Australia? With all due respect to mm. South Australian cricket. Yeah. How did Victoria let him go? Yeah. It's, what the it's, hell happened there? Oh, it's actually interesting. I'd spoken to quite a few people in the Victorian system and they weren't overly surprised that he ended up out of the Victorian system. And I, I was outside of looking in. I, I found it really difficult to understand. One of the youngest they've ever had debut in first-class mm. cricket and obviously hadn't set the world alight in the Big Bash yet, but everyone was understanding of the talent he had. So for... The South Australians, it's a no-brainer. It's not that easy to find a top mm. three or four draft pick in footy terms. Um, they don't come along every day. So that, that was a no-brainer for the Redbacks. I think you, as a Victorian setup, I think they just lost patience. Mm. That's that, As an outsider looking in, um, he hadn't had a great run in, in grade cricket, but he'd actually done well in second 11. So I would have been prioritising that probably as, you know, a, a truer sense for how he was tracking. But anyway, it's a great result for the It Redbacks. seemed like the new environment has helped him though, and I think he's spoken about that too. Yeah. Like just getting out of there and getting away from everyone maybe talking about him and it, the expectations on him, getting out of that and probably having to prove himself in a new environment probably mm. did him some wonders. I don't yeah. know what his social activities are like, like Melbourne, maybe a bit more temptations. Although, Ferg, highly threatened a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, avoid that at all costs. <laughs> it's an interesting yeah, place. Oh, no, I don't think he'll be lurking around there. Peel Street or Lee Street, bit classy. <laughs> Cam Green, uh, impressive with the bat, although he, he played a rueful shot that he was still filthy with himself as he walked across the rope at the SCG. But And then he chimes in with that catch, which was extraordinary. Oh, yeah. But he played a couple of shots, two on drives off Joseph, which were, yeah, picture perfect. Got the question going, what's the prettiest cricket shot oh what's the best looking cricket shot is it the on drive my personal view and shoot me down here i've got two okay a virat Kohli style cover drive where the balance is just like it, it'd take a boulder to knock him off his balance yes. and it's straight through the covers yeah and the old mark war even with the collar up as well <laughs> sunny's on in the airport yes. no but uh, <laughs> mark war flick off the pads a little full even something that's still on off stump and he was just able to just go whoop with the, it. with the back heel kicked up yeah, at the, the, the Slazenger well. just going yeah. straight through it. <laughs> That's the one. The they're, they're the two, like, ugh, fantastic. Even above the on-drive for yeah. me, but what about you guys? It's hard to argue with. Yeah, oh, I, I probably lean towards the full flow of the back cover drive rather mm. than the, mm. the check drive. Just for me, I think aesthetically it looks pretty pleasing on the eye. And it skids across the ground yeah, as well. No it does. jumpy, whatever like that. What's your... Well, yeah, from an aesthetic point of view, I think the cover drive is still the best-looking shot. But I think from a skill perspective, the on-drive is up there. Yeah. Like it's harder? It, well, from skillfully, yes, it is yeah. actually harder because you've got to be perfectly balanced. Okay. Your head's got to be in the right up. position. Yep. Your has got to be in the right position to play the shot yep. where it needs to go. So from a skill-wise, I think it's, it is the best shot in the game. The cover drive and the flick off the pads are like the, yeah. the flashy oh, shots, aren't they? Yeah, and they're landing exactly six right. off her legs over that's the it. backwards square. <laughs> yeah, it looks good. Yep. But yeah, on drive, go on. Yeah. So I, I would have thought a cover drive would have been a little hard because you maybe you have to move a bit more weight to do it. 
but you're saying the on drive is is there more risk involved because maybe the ball's darting back? I think part of the reason forward. is because naturally your head will fall across to the offside just with the stance and the nature of it. Whereas and, and because of that, to get your head going back towards mid on, to get your body weight going through the on drive, keep the full face of the bat on it, it's a much harder shot. So it's all about your center of gravity and where your head's mm. at. You can be off balance and hit a cover drive. You can't mm. be off balance and hit an on drive. So it's a sign of where you're at. Mm. I'm just happy back in the day when I was playing junior cricket to block it. <laughs> that was my pretty shot. <laughs> yeah, just don't get out. <laughs> and then have to retire. I've been to paint a picture of your batting <laughs> that I don't like. No, it wasn't a lot of power involved, Perk. Let me tell you right now. It was uh, survival mode. You always need them in your team. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like it, I gave it away when I came out in army fatigues in terms of survival. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> decent crowds given the time of year. But let's be honest, they're never going to pack houses again, the one-day internationals. And it's purely to do with the fact that Big Bash, that's where people's expenditure goes. There's only so much people can spend on tickets. I got sent a ticket yesterday. It was on social media, actually. There was It's 100 bucks for a ticket if you want to sit in a certain seat at a one-day mm. international. Now, if you want to go and put a KFC bucket on your head with the kids and everything like that, it's going to cost you around that. So appetite-wise... BBL has superseded One Day Internationals. I've got a theory. Shoot me down if you want. Ready. That they should in non-World Cup One Day International years or maybe alternate them. So this year's a T20 World Cup year. Mm. Have a T20 tri-series like the old Benson and Hedges days. Are we allowed to mention that? Smoking? Anyway, don't smoke, kids. It's horrible stuff. But, <laughs> you know, the World Series Cup, three yes. teams. It was always interesting. Yep. There was three or four games a week. Do that right off the back of the big bash, T20 fatigue, perhaps, but gets two international teams in and play a bit of a tri-series. I don't know, six games, then a final. Thoughts? Yeah. No. So, <laughs> no I, all I'm saying, and I don't want to get drawn into the schedule battle because no. it's an absolute nightmare, but mm. the timing's hard, right? And if you put mm. that tri-series in, you need to get three teams there for an extended period of time. Um, where are you fitting that in the schedule? That's the issue. Mm, yep. So great in theory and probably would work, but that's going to be hard to do. My thing with the crowds is like ODI cricket at the moment is in a weird place. Like it's still one of my favorite format. I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's like ebbs and flows. I think it's good, which people apparently don't like, but hey, <laughs> as cricketers, we love it. I like one day cricket. But what we've got in Australia is England do it well over there because I've got boutique grounds that, you know, only seat 15,000 mm. people, right? You only sell 15,000 people. We're playing that at the SCG, which seats how many? 40,000? 46, yep. You're asking 46,000 people to come and sit there all day, probably not um, mm. when they can go and do something else. On a so, hot day too, yeah. Yeah, and that's hard, right? We don't have any smaller grounds than that that still international cricket ready. Yeah. Yes, Monica might be an exception. So. Mm. And that's the discussion that we have constantly as well as in our team as well. It's like, well, okay, we're not going to fill out the MCG. We're not going to get 85,000 people there if it's not a World Cup final. So do we want to be playing there? Probably not when it's yeah. there's not as many people there, but then there's nowhere else to play it. So In Melbourne there isn't, yeah. Yeah, mm. so it's, we just don't yeah. have similar facilities to make it look better if people are worried about the perception. Yeah. yeah. I've been big on this for a few years now that I just don't think there's room for ODI cricket and – uh, international ODIs um, and T20 internationals in the um, one summer. In the one summer, I just yeah. feel like it's got to be one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I like your idea of matching it up to what's coming up. Mm -hmm. And I'd sort of stuck with I think international T20s need to go all together. But I actually like the idea of what's leading up to being the way to go. So yeah, I, I like the idea. It's just a matter – I'm not sure about how the tri-series works maybe. Mm. It won't happen anytime soon because of the future tours. <laughs> I mentioned it's sitting so down chocolate. the ICC oh. and having to work out a future tours and then you got things like, oh, hang on a minute, the Windies and the men's are coming out back-to-back -back summers. Oh, we'll just have to deal with that. Whatever. <laughs> that, that that's obviously the thought because no way in the world you design yeah. that. That's, right. that's down the list of priorities. It would be an absolute nightmare to try and do. Get it, your head would, around. it absolutely would be. I mean, imagine sitting on that panel trying to work it out. You'd just have to find the best <laughs> AI system you can. You just yeah. do that. Just punch it in the computer. These are the teams we need sorted out. Go do it. Thank the you. amount of time I've spent slating the schedule, I can't go anywhere near that table. <laughs> <laughs> Nor will they ever let me anywhere in that door. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Now, uh, a reminder of the third one day or it's going to be a 
across the Triple M network and you can listen to it through the Listener app on Tuesday night in Canberra. Matt Short, by the way, we spoke about him. He, he twins his hammy, unfortunately, so he's been replaced by Benny McDermott, who can hit a ball yeah. and he's hitting the ball well. If his recent uh, innings for Queensland is any example, unbeaten 1-4-6 for the Bulls. So Benny McDermott is in. He's been exposed to international cricket already, of course. Now, a man that's just emerging on that scene. Earlier in the summer, I spoke to WA fast bowler Lance Morris about his origins, his nickname of the wild thing, and how he believes in ghosts. True story. Here we go. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get a reaction <laughs> to it in our next segment. But here's Lance. And after the break, we'll be back to talk uh, the women's series against South Africa and on the, all the goss. And I want some from both of you from the Australian Cricket Awards. Here's Wild Thing. Well, Lance, do I call you Lance? Is that what your mates call you? Or where are we going with this thing? I know I know your nickname's Wild Thing, but surely your cricket mates don't go around calling you Wild Thing at the top of their voice. Uh, it's been shortened to Thing or <laughs> thing. Um, Les. But yeah, as I was just saying before, whenever I order coffee, I normally get Les or Lex or okay. you name it. It's not Lance though, whenever I get it back. <laughs> It's a very traditional name, isn't it, Lance? Is it a family heirloom or something, is it? Honestly, I don't know where it's come from. I've tried mm. to question. I think my old man came up with it, but I think he just thought it sounded all right and went with it. But Thing's pretty good, though. <laughs> people walking around calling you Thing. Thing, yeah. It's a hard one to shorten, but yeah, it's not too bad. Mate, tell us a bit about your upbringing, your, your background. Um, growing up in, in Perth, was it, and um, found a cricket ball pretty quickly? Uh, so I actually grew up down in Dunsborough in the southwest of WA. Okay. Yeah, nice little touristy town. Surf um, spot? Yeah, I don't actually surf though. I chose mm. to spend my Saturdays running around in the dirt chasing leather. So <laughs> yeah, no, I'm into my fishing a little bit and stuff like that. But yeah. I absolutely love growing up down there. Such yeah. a good such a good childhood. So did my schooling down there and then moved up to Perth when I was about 17 years old. For sport? For yeah, cricket. basically I, yep. it got to the point where I was having the chats of like, all right, do I take cricket pretty seriously? And mm. if that is the case, you, you have to move into like the premier cricket setup, which is in only in Perth. So yeah, yeah, I got linked up with Scarborough Cricket Club and things progressed from there. Things progressed the thing. Um, <laughs> when, you, when you were growing up, was is it a Cam Green type situation where it's cricket summer, winter footy, you were good at both? You had to make a choice or was um, it all cricket? Uh, yeah, cricket and footy growing up, for mm. sure. But I think I was a bit of a late bloomer and my body didn't quite fill out until I was in year 12. So I absolutely loved my footy, but I always knew that cricket was pretty much the A1 thing that I wanted yep. to go for. So maybe in another lifetime, I'd be streaming <laughs> out of the forward line or something like that. That'd be awesome. But yeah, it's sort of around, again, like 16, mm. 17 years old, I went, all right, let's go cricket. Were you always express pace? Or was it something that only happened when your body started to develop a bit? I, I was always like really skinny and whippy. And I think um, I had like, I guess like fast twitch fibro. I think mm. I, I could always throw a ball a fair way and like I'd go right and school javelin and things like that <laughs> that you don't think of. But yeah, yeah I guess that translates to bowling cricket ball fast. So, When did you realise that you could put fear in the eyes of people? 20 yards away <laughs> to be honest I think it didn't really click until my first session with Scarborough Cricket Club yeah because like I was I was a country kid moving up to Perth and I felt like I was way out of my depth and mm. honestly thought I, I don't know where I'm at like but we we had an indoor session at um it was actually out at Wanneroo and there's this like renowned old Wanneroo shed and the lighting is horrific <laughs> the Astros peeling away and um, it's pretty run down and yeah. I rocked up. I was running in off about five steps and trying to bowl the speed of light. And, <laughs> um, I was actually letting them go all right. So, yeah, the thud of the cricket ball smashing into the metal behind the batters was, <laughs> um, yeah, it was nice to see. So. Because there is that feeling for a batter, I dare say, when you face something like that, it's, it's the look of, fuck this, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> Do you notice that? Did you notice that as a kid when you could, you know, get things going pretty rapidly yeah I think so yeah there's definitely that element of fear so yeah especially when they back in back in those days I genuinely didn't know where they were going so <laughs> they were coming fast and they could have been at your head on the full or they could have been at your stumps every now and then have you ever let go of the the, the Brett Lee Beamer that um he let go in a couple of international uh, games against New Zealand once in a while occasionally in the backyard to my brother but oh yeah I, I don't think I've done it in an actual game how are those backyard battles with your brother? 
Uh, yeah, they were. They actually got um, pretty heated, to be honest. So, mm. yeah, we had a nice little setup in the backyard there. So we spent a lot of a lot of time out there battling away. Just the one brother, or was it just the one older brother? So, okay. Yeah. So was he bowler, batter? Uh, he's a leg spinner <laughs> who bats a bit. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, he definitely went down a different route to me, but um, I think he would like to take a little bit of what I got out of him. So. <laughs> For a bit of credit, I guess. So basically, he tried to make life as unenjoyable as possible at times for you being the little brother and you'd get him back by just getting a, I don't know, would you use a hard ball in the backyard or um, was it a tennis ball? Yeah, probably ball? like a semi, like an incredible ball. Like it'll yeah. bru- it would bruise, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you bruised him a few times? Yeah, a couple of times, but he'd get me back as well. It was pretty even back in the day, I think. <laughs> okay, fair enough. What about progressing to men's cricket and going up the, the ladder <clears throat> in cricket? How did it happen for you? I guess pretty quickly when I came up to Perth, I got into like some pathway games and um, I had a little bit to do with David Fitzgerald, who was basically the talent ID manager of, of um, WA cricket. And yeah, they took me in under their wing pretty quickly. Mm. So I was, I was really grateful for that. And looking back on it now, I didn't realize like how raw I was and like how much time I needed in a, in a first class system to yep. come good. But yeah, extremely grateful for the privilege that they gave me, taking me on. Unlike the shed in Wanneroo, do you now know fully every time that you run into bowl where they're going? I think year by year it's getting better and better. So we're heading in a nice direction. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Andy for your career. <laughs> Andy for your career. But have you got to, as you've developed, had to think more at the top of your run about how you're going to deliver a set of deliveries yeah. as opposed to just one ball at a time as quickly as you can? Yeah, it's definitely... I think that's the way my game's probably progressed. And naturally, as you go up the levels, like, yeah, I guess the big difference is, first of all, consistency and then game smarts pretty much. So, yeah, I've learned a lot. If I think back to, like, maybe my first BBL season when I was at Melbourne Stars, for example, Mm. I was just literally running in and trying to bowl as fast as I could and I didn't have any change-ups and I didn't structure an over well at all. Like, So I've learned a lot. And then, yeah, naturally that progresses and translates into other forms of cricket and things like that. So, I, I love asking fast bowlers this, though, and I'll, I'll ask this of you because you're as fast as it gets pretty much. <laughs> when do you either see it or feel it or hear it or smell it, fear in a batter, when things are happening really well for you and they're coming out really well? I think it's like like you've bowled your first ball and then you can see, you, mm. you're keeping an eye on the batter between walking back and your next delivery you can see they're jumping around they're waking themselves <laughs> up a little bit or even like when you take your cap off and give it to the umpire they're sort of like jumping around and just waking themselves up slapping themselves in the face um, yeah generally that's a little giveaway so there's little body language signs yeah that you definitely can, body language little cues and yeah, yeah I'm probably learning to capitalise on mm. that a bit more yeah well, if it was me facing you, you'd, you'd pretty much notice when I turned around and you see this brown patch at the back of me, <laughs> I reckon, if, if you were going in, in our backyard. Hey, we're going to do, because you're a quick bowler, we're going to do something along the lines of speed dating here. Okay. Not that I want to ask you out or anything like that, but it's just to get you to know you quickly, yeah. if you know what I mean. I like it. So a couple of rapid fire questions. Mm-hmm. What type of car do you drive? I drive a Land Cruiser 200 Series, which I absolutely love. It's not a very quick car though. It's the mark. I'm just a humble person. Okay, I'm humble. <laughs> Favorite streaming show. Favorite streaming show. I love um, The Office, US. Yeah. The US version. Yes. Not the UK version. No. I like. Did oh, we debate that one. Bit of both. Bit of both. I don't yeah. mind. But Steve Carell was a ripper. I think okay. he's so funny. Fair enough. Best fancy meal you can cook. Oh, I'm a simple man. I don't know. I think I like to think I cook a really good steak. Okay, I thought you were going to say baked beans on <laughs> How do you de-stress? A bit of golf, um, walking the dogs, nothing nothing too special to be honest. But yeah, I just like trying to get out of the city a little bit and going to the yep. beach and things like that. Yeah. Country boy. Yeah. Fair actually. enough. Understandable. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I'm not going to lie. Recently, I thought I had an encounter. Where? In my bathroom, the, the sink turned on. and Really? I was home alone and things got out of hand. I was like, uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Unconfirmed, I don't know. Well, how, did, how did it all wash out? How did you get to sleep that night? I had to, like, it took a while to get to sleep. <laughs> you booked yourself into a hotel somewhere. Yeah, 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 that's <laughs> yeah. it. 
No, it took the a while tap to get... turned on by itself. It, it genuinely turned on by itself. You sure? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. <laughs> Any encounter since? Uh, my partner yeah. said her hairbrush hit the floor in the bathroom, but we're so I don't know. There's there's a couple of things adding up here. Was it you with the hairbrush and it was her with the tap? Maybe. We're both out at the time, so we're both. Okay. Yeah. So that, or you got a stalker. That's it. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> yeah, awesome. That's a better thought, isn't it? <laughs> Rather <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> Best subject at school. Probably phys ed. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Sports, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not math. Not three in maths. No, I didn't. Didn't much. Didn't care for that much. To be fair. <laughs> what is your spirit animal? That's a deep question. Probably something that's just like flat out, like does everything at one hundred and ten percent. Leopard. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, mentors in the the current setup with people like legends of the Australian cricket team, the fast bowling unit, Stark, Hazelwood, Cummins. Have you had much to do with them? Been able to tap into their minds about how they go about their business and how much longevity they've had in the game? Yeah. To be fair, I had I did have actually a, a decent amount of time with them over the last six months, probably. So. Naturally, as, as you do when you're in a, in a training session or a training environment, you're just having those like organic conversations that just come mm. about and um, they're, they're really approachable and easy to talk to as well. And they've been really good. Like it's nice to see that they, they have something they're working on as well. Like they're, mm. they're at the top of their game, but they're also, they've got little things that they're tinkering on and yeah, um, yeah. they're always trying to get better. Pat has obviously had his issues with... <laughs> back injuries and stress fractures and hot spots in their back and was there anything discussed between you two given your recent issue and getting over it or there's not a lot you can do just be patient yeah that's pretty much it to be fair I think it just goes to show if you if you bank a little bit of time as much as it is frustrating when you want to just crack on and get back into playing mm. if you prioritize your body then it pays off long term I mean he's been fit for a long time now so and yeah. he's an absolute workhorse so I think if I can get to that sort of level of match fitness, that would mm. be absolutely ideal. Can you hit 160 k's an hour? I think I'd probably tear my side off doing that, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe we have to a speed gun that's a bit off on the day or something like that. Talking to the Land Cruiser, I'm not sure the Land Cruiser can get 160 comfortably. It might on an open freeway, <laughs> but what's your, what's your limit when you start redlining? What is it, 155? Um, I think, so the fastest I've been clicked at was actually a red ball game mm. down in Tassie and it was 153. Okay. So. Did that feel like a, the quickest ball no, that you've ever no, bowled? it didn't. So. Don't trust the gun. Uh, yeah, don't, touch, don't trust it at all. <laughs> no, um, there's been days where I felt like, all right, this is the quickest I've bowled. And, mm. and like, it's just something clicks and everything feels relaxed and smooth. And, and on that day, I was so clunky and I felt horrible. And I was just, I think I was just getting angry and running in and trying okay. to bowl fast. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is. We're working with some technical things at the moment to hopefully unlock maybe a little bit more pace or whether it's, whether it's that or just bowling faster mm. for longer. Yeah, I think there's a little bit left in the bank, hopefully. Okay, so maybe 160 might be possible. Who knows? We'll see. Who knows? <laughs> Don't tear your side off. <laughs> so before we get to the South Africa series, just before the break, we heard from Lance Morris. Do you guys believe in ghosts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't just nod it, say it. It's a podcast. Yeah. Oh, it's a camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do. I love really? the, yeah, I love everything paranormal on the telly too. I love watching it. Okay. I do go. love that stuff, but I do I do feel as though it's it's just all made up. Yeah. So I do, you that's you love I like that. It. Okay. So I you love sci fi. Yep. But it's not because I believe in it. Okay, so we've got one believer, we've got one on the fence, yeah. and we've got absolute one. I'm one of those ones it you need to, to show me. The biggest <laughs> load of garbage known to man. <laughs> Ghost? No, it's a thing. I, I need to be this. shown. There's this amazing series on, um, I've got to find the name of it, I'll let you know, yeah. on Netflix. It's like a six-part series and it goes like each episode is like a a form of whatever it is. So it's like a medium or like, and they, or they speak to people who've like, who've died and come back to life sort of thing. And right it's there. fascinating. Okay. Right. Okay. I believe in all of it. I reckon it's amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, we need my wife in here, Rach, because she totally believes in it. Is that right? Yeah. And I take the PI double five oh, but all the time. It's like, it's not right. It's wind. It wasn't a ghost yeah. closing the door <laughs> upstairs. It's like, yeah. Anyway. I need cold hard facts shown to me. <laughs> <laughs> look at you. Give me the look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, pal. But there has been no, you just, wait, you just wait, mate. You just wait, mate. 
Yeah. <laughs> They're coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are now. <laughs> Can't wait to be one. <laughs> um, <laughs> with ghosts in Australian cricket, there is that famous story of oh, yeah. the northeast part of the world that you know pretty well. That, yes. that castle that Shane Watson he couldn't sleep in or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Was it just before the time in the one day. Series? Yeah, it was just before I broke into the one day team, maybe a year or two before. But um, it was. I think what I was involved. I reckon. Uh, Roy Simons was involved, <laughs> I think Brett Lee somehow, and Watto was nowhere. He's panicking from all reports. So need to get the finer details of that, maybe get Watto on at some There's point. There's one in um, Derby too. Like you stay out um, out of town a bit, the Priory, whatever it's called. That, um, oh, yeah. that hotel is like massively haunted. Mm. It's you, weird. You stayed in it? Yeah, we stayed there for the World Cup and an Ashes series. So what made Who did you, you see there? Did you see anyone? I didn't see anyone, but it's like got that vibe. <laughs> okay. You walk William in there and you're like, walking oh. through the joint or something Yeah, you like just that. get yeah, chills. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, Even you, non-believer, I reckon you'd feel like you'd feel it. <laughs> Just take a melatonin and knock me out and <laughs> didn't know about it. <laughs> Did it's you lose any sleep over it? You were worried that, I don't know, something... No, I'm not, it doesn't worry me. Like, I'm not okay. scared. But, yeah, that place is definitely haunted. Okay. It's got a vibe. Uh, what was it about it that made you feel like it was, you know, it's what's got a the vibe? vibe? So, so just it's got a, a chills vibe. vibe. You walk just in there. Just an aura about the place. Yep. Genuine. Okay. Intangible stuff. Well, when the South Africa women's team got back to the hotel on the weekend in Adelaide... <laughs> Uh, after the one day, it looked like they'd seen a ghost, I reckon. Oh, Not that yeah. I believe in them, but... Um, <laughs> Goodness me. <laughs> that was a smash. What did you do to them? It was a T20 series, good series, 2-1. What happened? What clicked for you guys in Adelaide um, on the weekend? The one day, our one-day game at the moment is just really solid. It seems like T20 cricket, everyone's getting closer and closer. Um, teams are really coming hard at us and coming after us quite a lot, and it's like a great opportunity for us to re-evolve and take try and take our game to a next level, which is great. But in the one-day format, which is a little bit longer and you got to do it for a longer period of time, if you're going to come at us, mm. you got to do it for 50 overs. It's it's hard to do, but uh, I just thought we with the ball we started really, really well. And uh, once you get um, that side sort of three or four down in the first 10 to 15 overs, it's really hard to come back. So I just thought we were outstanding. We were clinical, which was great, apart from two boneheads that got out. But um <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the rest of the game was pretty flawless, which was cool. Why did one of them get out? At least, can... yeah, mine was just a bonehead of a shot. But at least Phoebe's like nicked a nicked a good one. Yeah, that's away. Right. I just charged <laughs> a ball and tried to smack him for six and got out. So, but yeah, Beth Mooney was outstanding to finish icy game as well. But the bowls were unbelievable. Fergie, you watched it. Yeah. How close to a perfect game was it? The captain over here will never say perfect game because she wants improvement. That's right. can always most, be always. That's right. Yeah. Always be better. But how close to a perfect performance was that eight-wicket It was win? very close. I just loved the the combination of Megan Schutt and Kim Garth at the top. I just think they complement mm. uh, each other so well. Uh, Kim taking the ball away from the right-hander and, and Megan back in, which, I mean, we know how successful she's been over 200 games. But that uniqueness of that big in-swinger is is something people still struggle with today. <laughs> they, they, they can come out there with a game plan ironed on, you know, we're ready to take it on this way, and mm. then Megan just doesn't allow you any room to move. Just so impressive, but um, just beautifully backed up at the other end. I just think they never recovered. Like, they just never felt like they could get any rhythm into their game. Dot ball central. That's yeah. what we noticed. It was just the ability, and you set great fields, I thought, brought cover in mid-wicket really straight. <laughs> it was it was great to watch, though, because you could see you, you got a really good grasp on what the conditions were doing, and that's yep. something the Australians do better than anyone else. They read the conditions better. Anything to add there? No, just keep talking <laughs> if you want. No. <laughs> no, well, I can. But, <laughs> but look, the, the bowlers are really adamant on length, like line, yes, but their length and what length they need to bowl in, in every condition, and I thought they just came out and nailed it. At Adelaide, which, you know, when you win the toss and you bowl first in a one-day game, you want to take early polls, oh, otherwise yeah. you're in strife. Yep. Yeah. But they just didn't miss from the first over, and I thought it was awesome. And there is a little bit in the new ball, um, in the wicket for the new ball at Adelaide. Yep. There's a bit of grass there, but once you get through that, it's fantastic batting, and, and that's yeah. what the Australians just didn't let South Africa do. They didn't let yep. them into the game to expose that wonderful batting condition. So, Megan, it was a 200th and great performance for her as well and, and, and probably a lot of people who love her were, were there as well. Have you got a story? <laughs> Megan, she, she came, like I've noticed a couple of interviews, she goes, oh, I'm not really one to big myself up and talk about myself and this, that and the other. Have you got something for her? Yeah, she in totally front of different? everyone else. Yeah. Like, yeah, she does in front of us. <laughs> um, so I was having to think about it. Actually, we were at training just before and I asked her, I had to have a story and she was thinking about it as well. She goes, on field or off field? And I was like, actually, a lot of the beer-related stories involve Shooter. But I do have a story of surviving Shooter because for those that, um, who don't know her, she's quite 
a unique character. She is what you see, mm. but she can get quite aggressive at times. Mm. And we had a few beers one night after one of the men's test matches at Lords, oh, in London. And I were walking back to the hotel and Darcy Brown tried to push someone into a bush and I thought it was hilarious. Anyway, um, <laughs> quote Darcy Brown and then you proceeded to yeet Shooter into um, a bush and then somehow got away with it. I did not die. So <laughs> I would have like, Tyler McGrath was literally like, and you didn't get punched in the face. And I was like, no, I somehow survived. And Shooter thought it was hilarious. And I was like, oh, God. On field for me, like. And <laughs> <laughs> the international cricketers walking down the street. Yeah. Acting like thirteen-year-old boys, yes. basically, on the way home from the last day of school. Yes, it happens. We went for <laughs> we went for one beer at the men's test match, and um, it's never just one, is it? No, um, that's right. <laughs> but I mean, on field, like you just mentioned it before, like I think her ability to just continually evolve her game, and it's not rocket science about why she is so good. She mm. just continually beats the batter, like no matter what opportunity you think you've got. Um, I mean, I look back at the T20 World Cup in Australia. First game we played India, Shafali Verma came out and thought, I'm going to take Megan Shoot down. She's not going to be a threat in this World Cup. And she did in that first game. Hmm. Shooter bounces back in the final and gets her early on in the innings. Just just continually outsmarting batters who think that they've got a handle of it. It's amazing. Now, speaking of legends, Rachel Haynes and Meg Lanning, uh, lap of honour. You were yeah. bowing down in front of them as well. They were so uncomfortable. Yeah. It was hilarious. Like, for anyone who knows those two people, they were like, this is the worst day ever. Like, they don't want the attention. They, they would have been quite happy with walk out, just over the rope, wave to yeah. the crowd, maybe get a nice little frame picture and walk off and yeah. then yeah. fly up. Nah. Yeah, do a, <laughs> do a lap, off you go. But it was really cool. I'm, I'm glad that they said yes to it. I'm glad they mm. came because... We haven't really had an opportunity to send them both off. Like we had a dinner with Meg in Canberra and we've obviously had Rach around for a little while, but the opportunity for us to say thank you to them as well, mm. like they've done an amazing job for our team and our environment for a long period of time and for us to get that opportunity was really cool. So I'm glad the public got to to wave and say bye as well. And speaking of plaudits, Australian Cricket Awards, the gongs. So Ash Gardner won her second Belinda Clark medal, mm -hmm. pipping Elise Perry. Surprised a few people because Elise polled pretty well in two of the three formats, I think. But Ash, consistency over everything, even though there's not a hell of a lot of test cricket play. Well, I think the the test maybe got her over the line. Weighted. Yeah, I think it might have been weighted differently, yeah. um, like the men's game. But I think that's yeah. actually being, not saying Ash didn't deserve it, please don't say that. No, no. Um, it's actually being looked at a little bit, the voting system, as to how that, how that all unfolded as well. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, even look at the men's votes, I'm surprised Travis Head wasn't even in the top three yeah. of, for the Alan Border medal well, either. Well, I made that point last week. Yeah. Was that the episode you were on? That the the same number of votes, the, the weighting of the vote of the World Cup final was the same as the third one-dayer in the South Africa series. Mm. Yeah. Which makes no sense. Right. It's three votes the same. Yeah. No, no, no. No. no oh, one's okay. a little more important than the That's other. That's right. Once you start talking World Cups, I think then you've got to start yeah. weighting it differently. Big tournaments. Great at like just um, has to be. Big horse games. racing. Like group one, group two, yes. group three. That way. Perfect. So anyway. That would make sense. We've, you. we've so You've solved it. We're on board. One yeah. idea through. One idea. <laughs> You're on one today. Episode. That's <laughs> all I want. That's all I want. Uh, Mitch Marsh won the AB medal and one of the great speeches. Oh. Because it was short, sharp, and funny. Yes. And there was no notes, even though maybe he'd prepared something or he said he didn't prepare something. But no, that was that was great. And it spoke volumes, like how those words came out and whatever you think about the leadership setup in Australian cricket, well, you thought better of it after that speech with Andrew McDonald and Pat Cummins. So well, I thought it was fantastic. You literally just had to look around the room yeah. and there was not a dry eye, male or female, in that really? room when he won that award. Or, <laughs> yeah. or on the couches around the world. No, yeah. and it's like, and it just shows, well, A, how much winning that means, but also what he means to mm. people that know him. And there's a lot of scrutiny from outside, but internally he's dearly loved within Australian cricket and I think everyone got an insight into that. Who is the toughest person in the room that you wouldn't imagine see show emotion and cry at something like that and you looked around and go, oh, it's even got to him <laughs> or her. <laughs> Anyone at your table? Me. Not <laughs> 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 to me. I love that. Yeah. Um, no, it was cool though. I loved it. I'm, I'm glad that the public got to see, well, has got to see and got to know Mitch Marsh over the last yeah. 12 months yeah. because he is a genuine character of our game and could have been lost to our game, mm. I think. So it was really cool. And there was Pat down the front with a 
big knowing nod to him, looking like James Bond, have his expensive red wine <laughs> in front of him and maybe a few neat whiskies after it, knowing no Patton doubt. as well. So yeah. what we really want to know, after party, any good? <laughs> yeah, good fun. Yeah. Yep. Well, as always. Yep. <laughs> have you done your votes? Expand, please. Oh, yeah. is, um, is there a, a Belinda Clark, AB medalist? Oh, yeah, Darcy Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Hands yes. down. Darcy Brown and Isha Guha, best on ground. Ish. Ish is good. As well. Ish yeah. wasn't even at the awards. She was just at the after party. Oh, she, I didn't <laughs> see her right? at the awards. In. Yeah. <laughs> good but work, I saw Ish. her at the after party and I was like, have you been here the whole time? <laughs> um, That's great. So what was, was Darcy? There. Was Darcy just owning the dance floor, was she? Or was she just a um, bubbly yeah, character that was... There, there were a few owning the dance floor. What mm. I will say, we flew to um, Adelaide the next day and had a gym session in the afternoon. Ooh. It was very, very quiet. Oh, yes. No, Darcy was just... Absolutely loving life. I mean, her and her um, partner Louie were there and probably the first time that he's got to interact with it, all these cricketers too, mm. um, same as Das. Like Brian Lara was there, like all the people yep. and everyone's like, oh my God, yeah, Brian Lara's at, at Crown Casino. So it was pretty cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, owned the dance floor, owned the roulette tables afterwards Ooh. and just, yep, she Look was out. on fire. Fantastic. Right. What about Brian Lara, by the way, at the SCG on Sunday? Just comes in for a Triple M stint and says, oh, by the way, on air, Shaggy and Sean Paul can't get in. Yeah. Because they got ripped jeans. They tried to get in the members. <laughs> oh, right. Just drops that in. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and the guards have said, not today, boys. No. <laughs> You're not coming in here. What do you mean? Was Brian at the awards as well? Or well, he I did don't what know an if he was at the awards either, but he was there at <laughs> the after party. Nah. So I'm like, all these people were here and it was cool. That's but awesome. yeah, I'm not sure that they were there for the dinner. I don't think that they were a part of that, but they were there. Ferg, have you got an MVP of MVP? You weren't at the awards. No, you? no. Have you got an MVP of MVPs for the AB medals and Belinda Clark medals that you've attended? Oh, gee whiz. Now you're putting me on the spot yeah, here. Yeah, I am. Uh, and I want a name. I'm not letting oh, you get away with it. A name. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's Aaron Finch has always got some. Yes. He's got the ability to go deep. Well, he doesn't have to get With on consistency. And it's not that he gets out of control. He mm. just has the ability to go and go for a long period of time and see most people out. So I'd say Aaron Finch just for consistency and ability to keep going. Well, he's got the advantage of not having to get on a plane the next day. That is a huge advantage. Yeah, it is a huge advantage. you lot who all had sunnies on the next day on that flight. Yeah, but I mean, you know it. You know that we're training, but it still doesn't stop you, does it? Well, I love that when um, the night's over, awards are done and the curtains unfold and there's the after party afterwards. Mm. And I'm like, it's always funny seeing like who's struggling to get up out of their seat because you know when you go to awards <laughs> nights and the wine's just never ending. Yes. So you're like, oh, I'm just having one glass, but the glass never ends. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I haven't peed for like three hours because I haven't been allowed to leave. And you stand up and you're like, bang. <laughs> it often gets a few in high heels, that's for sure. Any fangirl moments or you knew everyone in the room anyway? No, but um, Brian Lara did down in the casino later. Um, he said, oh, I've just won 15 grand. We're going to the mahogany room. You better come. <laughs> and we were like, I don't think I'm going to fit in the mah mahogany room. Like, I'm not sure I have enough money to spend there. No, you go. You go ahead. We'll follow you. And we were like, we're not going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, There's that 15 No, that grand. was cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Not bad at all. No. Uh, rises and fallers, apart from Brian Lara, who we've just uh, found his 15 grand to the good, might help play, <laughs> pay for his big party uh, back in the Windies that he That's has right. in a couple yeah. of months' time. So Maybe you can ask him if he held on to that in the mahogany room. Or not. I, think, I think a few blokes in the commentary box last night booked their flights, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, think so. for it. <laughs> I think so. Now, rises. Uh, we're recording this on Feb 5, uh, which happens to be Darren Lehman's birthday. Oh. South Australian legend. Mm -hmm. What's your favourite bush story? Oh, Jesus, there's a few. I, I'll tell you what, the, quite often, you know, you'd get to the back end of a Shield game and there wasn't, you know, we might have been done with the bat for the game. We're trying to knock a side over and you knew Buff had a couple of beers the night before. Um, <laughs> so you always like, you always watch the senior players, right? So this was my first, my first experiences with Buff, with Buff were fantastic, but he was always meeting you at the door to the change rooms in the morning with a coffee. Mm. regardless of how many beers you knew he had the night before, <laughs> he was always the first one there with a cup of coffee. So that was a lasting memory. But also he was the first one when I got a rookie contract. So I knew all the young blokes around me. We were yeah. turning up to training. So I obviously hit over with them. And But he was the first one to come over from the senior squad, single me out and introduce himself and say, welcome to the squad. Great to have you around. If you need anything, let me know. And mm. that, that is a lasting memory. And um, I feel very lucky to be able to know him as a mate. Mm. But that is a lasting memory that will stick with me forever. And probably um, it was probably the formation of the way 
I tried to handle young players when they came into a squad. Yep. That's how strong cultures build, I reckon, with mm. people like that. And it's no surprise, I think, then when everyone saw him go into the Australian side, he was always seen as um, a great guy to go to um, mm. for Ricky when he was – and and then um, the other leaders in the side, he was almost seen as a father figure mm. within the Australian dressing room and for very good reason because mm. he was just such a level, calm head in, in a dressing room at all times. But also he was very thoughtful towards other players in the team. There oh, you just go. a fantastic man. Happy birthday, Buff. Did you ever take him up on the if you need ever need anything? Like <laughs> as in like he could get you onto a golf course somewhere or open up a function room for I'll tell you, a no, it's interesting. Like he, he would he would usually be on the front foot. You he'd have it organized before you even thought of it. Oh, Buff, yeah. very good with the social side of things. Um yeah. Yeah, just gonna, what a character. I was going to say, that Australian men's team was as social as it had ever been before when oh, he was yes. coach. <laughs> I will say that. Okay. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. The other thing was actually um, with both his retirement games for South Australia, we ended up at the pubs in full kit with all, like <laughs> we didn't get changed. A couple of guys had spikes on, we're at the pubs. <laughs> really? Yeah, we're literally like, that was his thing. So we're not getting changed. No one's and, having a shower and getting yeah. changed. We're straight to the Oxford or yeah. the Archer. For his, both his retirement games in full kit, and how that long... happened in the World Cup too, twenty fifteen. The the boys went out in their full kit, so that's a buff thing. There I you think go. it's a buff thing. Yeah. How long did you stay in full kit for? Yeah, the rest of the night. Rest of the night. Yeah. Next morning. Ah, uh, well, don't yeah. know how long. Depended on how long you stayed. Everything closes at midnight. Come in Adelaide, doesn't it? No, Adelaide's <laughs> the other way. Adelaide stays oh, really? open. Yeah. Surely you're down at Glenelg in the morning having a swim in your full kit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be wrong. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh, still with the risers, New Zealand all-rounder Rashan Ravindra uh, scored a maiden test century against South Africa and just decided to double up on the back of that. Although he did spend 20 minutes on 199. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. <laughs> against South Africa being over there in New Zealand. Um, and as we said, we're recording on Monday before the fourth day of the India-England test, but... We can't let that delivery from Jasper Boomerah go on oh. Ollie Pope. Have you ever seen anything like that? I have never seen a group of stumps just be completely <laughs> dismantled the way that that <laughs> happened. There TNT in them. Yeah. When the ball yeah. hit it, it like set off a, a like a chain reaction, an Oppenheimer-type <laughs> reaction. Yeah. That just... I mean, they don't put them in that tight over there, to be fair. They're a little bit no. loose anyway, but sometimes like... That doesn't matter, but yeah. I've never seen the stumps just go. <laughs> I do wonder if they're doing it for effect because <laughs> yeah. it does look bloody impression, doesn't it? But, yeah. Oh, yeah. The um, Sean Tate a couple of times in one day cricket, I just watched him destroy sets. Mm. Yeah, fun, especially tail enders. Do they but... break the stumps? Have you ever bro- seen I've a... seen him break a stump. He snapped one in half at Adelaide Oval one day. Really? Remember, yeah, but that happens every now and then. There's yeah. a little weakness in the wood or whatever. Um, Stumps aren't wood anymore, so no. No, not anymore. It won't. No, but back in those days, so you'd see one snap every now and then. We did you have to take? I don't know if you're in the cordon. Did you have to take cover or anything like that? Or it was more so when the stump stayed intact and and Tady was bowling. I was usually at gully, so I was out of the firing line. But Graham Manu used to have to duck mm. and dive the stumps really? after Tady knocked people over. The stumps, if they got a cartwheel on, you'd see it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Like they bounce. And they it's, roll. It's more scary when they clip the top of off because, yeah. like, you're like celebrating, but then the ball's still coming at oh, you, yeah. and it's rising off the stumps uh, at yeah. you. So you're literally just trying to duck out of the way. Fair enough. Well, it didn't happen, to Ollie Pope. Um, uh, just no, no. Every, they went in every direction. <laughs> oh, yeah. One surely, went to square leg. I think. <laughs> surely, if you get out like that, you're just like, okay, yeah. off you go. Moving on. Couldn't do anything about <laughs> there that. There you go. More rises. Shield returns of Nick Maddinson and Billy Stanlake. 14 months between Shield games for Maddo, who scored 104 against South Australia. Stanlake returned for Tassie with eight wickets. Gabe Bell took 10 at the Gabba as well. So some good performance in the Shield. As we're recording mm. right now, Shield cricket still going. We'll sum it up later in the week. And got to mention this as well. This is a riser. It's got nothing to do with cricket. It's a new podcast series called Secrets We Keep. Nest of Traitors. It's about a Soviet mole in ASIO during the Cold War. Wow. So that will be an interesting story. Jeez, yeah. It's got me thinking, is Brad Haddon a Kiwi spy in Australian cricket? Ooh, is he wow. really <laughs> working for the Black Caps? Gee, Imagine that. Uh, that came out. It'd be so good. <laughs> there is less than zero chance of that. <laughs> He's just so against them that oh. it could be plausible. The best thing is, the be- I'm not sure if you know this, the best thing is he's going over there to call the test That's series. right. If anyone could DM us that knows anyone who works in Kiwi Customs, just to give him a bit of a rattle up when he gets in the country. <laughs> could you imagine? Willow Talk, Instagram or TikTok, slide into our DMs with that particular piece of information and <laughs> maybe get him on um, 
border force. What's the, the series called? Border force. Border force. Is it? I think that's border it. Security. Yeah. Border yeah. security. Border security. That's, that's, the that's one. it. Well done, Mitch. Yeah, there'll be a Kiwi version. Too of much that. TV. I'm watching on that. Yeah. Does it have ghosts in it? Um, fallers. <laughs> Obstructing the field oh, is a topic. God. Oh goodness. WA man. New South Wales Shield game. You've both seen this. Chris mm. Green. Blocks a ball thrown at him by Charlie Stobo while standing at the crease, but he was outside of his crease. Mm. Ums chatted, said not out. Now he literally just he, he plays a shot mm. to stop the ball from and it was going to hit the stumps. Yep. WA appealed. I think it was Wayne Clark in commentary. He was going, nah, nah, don't get out in this path. But they appealed. Um said no. What say you guys? Out, not out. Oh, look, I am a not out. I think common common sense prevailed there. Uh, I if he Decided to just let the ball go through and hit him on the pads. Like mm. it's not, it's not going to get to the stumps anyway. Um, and he doesn't have to get out of the way of mm. the ball. So um, he had every right to stand there and block it for mine because if it hits him on the toe or something, like he gets it wrong and it doesn't hit him on the pad and hits him on the foot. You know, it's not nice. So I'm I'm happy with it. He did roll it. It's not like it was Shamar Joseph bowling at 145 k's an hour. Roll to him. It's not going to break his toe. It was thrown. It was thrown. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't, I just wasn't that going that quick. No, nah, it wasn't, but I'm still of the of the thought that it's fine. Heels? Well, I mean, I'm I agree. I mean, I had a similar incident in December, right? If I let that ball hit me, mm. it's gonna hurt me. So why wouldn't I just play a shot? Like, I mean, I got four runs for it. Um <laughs> Chris Green didn't get four runs for it. He wasn't smart enough to Did you get four nick for it that? off it. Hmm? Did you get four for that? Oh, yeah. How really? I shot a plate all innings. <laughs> but like, Didn't you get out? How good? Yep, I did. <laughs> um, but, I mean, if I let that hit me, that's going to hurt. So I'm going to defend myself. Yep. And But I understand why they appealed. But you were in your crease. Yeah, I was in my crease. So, I understand yeah, why they appealed, but common sense. I'm saying out. See yeah. you later, pal. Obstructing the field. Mm -hmm. If he was making an effort to get back in his crease, fair enough. But he was making no effort to get back in his crease. Johnny Bairstow, we hammered him for being out of his crease. Yep. Stay in your crease. He was out of his crease. But he was, if you thought about it, like as he's throwing that ball, he initially took a step back and then it came mm. at him. So he played so the shot. Stopped. So he technically was trying to go back. Get back in your crease. Out, I'm saying. Defended himself. No problems. Not out. Play Common on. sense. Love it. What would you both know? <laughs> played for Australia. That's out in club the, cricket, apparently. Yeah. No, yeah. Big <laughs> under 13. <laughs> hey? uh, I wouldn't have left my cruise. Uh, England, Zimbabwe, <laughs> under 19 World Cup. Mm. The England batter was given out. I'm saying this was not out. Yeah. And if you haven't seen the vision, have a look at it. The ball was dormant at yes. his foot and he looked around, yep. picked it up, and they appealed and they gave him out. Well, yeah, I have more of an issue with the umpires on this one because surely the ball's dead. So that mm -hmm. should be play on. Yep. I'm, I'm with you. I But in saying that, as a batter, I would wouldn't do that. So you kick it away. I just don't touch it. Just don't yeah, touch I'm it. I'm with you because you never know what the opposition's going to do. Yeah. If it's rolling at you, you like pick it up with your bat and like hit it to the opposition. But just don't touch it because you're opening yourself up for a problem. Oh, I agree. I I've you could count the number of times I picked the ball up with my glove yeah. whilst batting on one hand through 20 years of cricket. Yep. I just yeah. can't remember because – Don't do it. You never did it. And yeah. if you tried to, I've watched a number of young players do it around Brad Haddon. Yeah. And they were very quickly put back in their Don't box. even touch don't it. Don't you touch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it. Oh, don't worry. Yeah. I've heard Tommy, that in Stump Mike a lot. I reckon one of my good it. mates, Tommy Plant, tried to do it in his debut and oh, it, yeah? Yeah. 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 it didn't go well. Um, anyway, but <laughs> I'm with you. I think that that thing, that ball is dead and yeah. it was the umpires on field, that was their fault. They should never have allowed that because yeah. once it goes to the third umpire, the third umpire is effectively being told the umpires on field see the ball as being live still. Yeah. I've got an issue with the appeal in the first place. Oh, well, yeah, yeah but I don't want to like that as well. But if that was an Australian team. Yeah. Oh, bloody Australians. Again, but we've got a different kind of social opinion. But that's the thing, in the right? World of cricket, to it the is rest a mode of, of dismissal, right? So technically, they haven't done the wrong thing. It's just this stupid spirit of cricket thing that we uh, keep talking about, which isn't yeah. a defined set of anything. It's just something that we all believe in. Yeah. What was worse, that one or the timed out in the World Cup? Remember that one? Oh. What's worse? Oh. What's worse? Did you see Angelo Matthews get out the other day? Yeah. Oh, no, that poor fella. To the yeah. worst ball yeah. in oh. the history of cricket. He's having a tough run. <laughs> oh, oh, timed out. 
I'm Time leaning, I'm leaning yeah. towards that. That's, that's a stinker. Oh, it's a horror show. <laughs> that hurt. How did that? <laughs> that's a stinker. Anyway, speaking of stinkers, to fall, uh, to round us out, one last fooler. The fan in the members stand. <laughs> so he's got the nice shirt on. Yep. He's gone, yeah, righto, let's go along the cricket. Great little bar at the members stand yep. there. Great he's probably spot. had three or four by this stage. <laughs> Sean Abbott's nearly hit one to the moon, but it's come down. He's gone, you know what? I've got a cool pair of sunnies on. I can see this. I'm going to catch this. I'm going to catch this. Gets his hands up right in front of his face. And you know what happens when you put your hands right in front of your face? You kind of lose sight of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> and it went through his hands and nearly through his face. Oh, yeah. that he's was lucky. brutal. He's lucky he had the sunnies on. Would have been mm. a, a smashed eye socket. That would have been really ugly, I reckon. I've read some of the stuff around it and they were saying, like, he's the best fielder in their competition or whatever. Jeez. And he, like, hasn't dropped one for ages. And oh. then he dropped that one. <laughs> and, like, and they were saying, lucky it was him. Because if it was anyone else, they would have, like, gone straight through and. Well, like knocked him out. Not entirely sure he's playing next weekend because no. uh, he's going to be uh, unless he can you play with an eye patch on like a pirate. I don't reckon. <laughs> Test his ability. I mean, you can try. <laughs> Give yeah. it a crack. Give it a crack. That was Willow Talk this week. Best of luck in the uh, the one days to come this yeah. week, Hill. So back to back at North Sydney Oval. North Sydney Wednesday Saturday. So looking forward yeah, to good. that. Good. Sweet. Hopefully some good weather around. And yeah. Ferg, you're off to Canberra. Yes. By the time you listen to this, you might have already done your work at Monica yeah. for the uh, third one Hopefully day. Hopefully the Aussies get another win. Thanks for dropping by and um, Hads, get well soon, mate. <laughs>